Hello, Mistress Mia and all of the others that are on this podcast. I was just listening to the uh, podcast with John and my situation was 180 degrees in the opposite way. When I was beginning my sexual exploration, all it would take would be a touch of a woman and I would ejaculate. It took years before I was able to have sex in a normal way. I never really had a problem when I was masturbating as I could control the situation a little bit more intensely. But when I was with an actual other person, I couldn't control myself. And it was very, very frustrating. And so John, I can feel with for you because I was in the same position, but the reverse. Hi, welcome to Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and this is Mia's Bedtime Stories. Today I read you the Dominatrix game, written by Ignorance is Bliss on Utopia.com, and we begin with Chapter 6, The Battle of the Dominatrixes. Uh, what happened? Where am I? I said under my breath. Opening my eyes, I was once again welcomed to darkness. But it wasn't the darkness of a blindfold, rather another cave. Strangely, though, my body was completely unbound. No rope, no gag, no nothing. Quick check. If he's awake, we can't hold them off much longer. We need everyone we can get. A voice that sounded like Trisha yelled. Mike, if you're awake, get the hell out of here and grab the rifle next to the door. We need your help, another woman yelled. What the hell was going on now? What did... How? What? Wait, Trisha, she's out there. They must have found me. Picking myself off the ground, I ran towards the narrow light coming out of the door the woman had left open. I saw the strange alien-looking rifle but didn't think twice about picking it up. Continuing through a small corridor and heading towards the yelling and screaming, I soon found the exit. Momentarily, I stood in shock as I looked down over the cliff I was on. I saw a close-quarter combat war going on between what looked like a few dozen dominatrixes. I saw darts flying back and forth, gas clouds everywhere on the ground, women falling into traps, holographic women fighting the others, and hand-to-hand combat between many. Nothing was being torn. Some were getting restrained during the fighting, while others kept on fighting. Unsure of who was fighting or what to do, I kept my head down and looked around trying to find Trisha. Without warning, I felt a hand strongly grab my shoulder while another one covered my mouth. About to toss the person over my shoulder, I quickly looked back and saw Trisha's face. Seeing her green eyes, straight, long, fiery red hair, small lips, curved black eyebrows, C-cup breasts, and a toned body made everything that much better. Mike, it's me. We don't have time to just talk, but follow me and listen to everything I say. All right, thank goodness. I'm just glad I found you. That's one less person to fight. You can thank me later. Come on. Taking her hands off me, she started to run up the cliff 
while I cautiously ventured behind her. Astonished that she actually managed to find me, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Where are we going, Trisha? To a vantage point, the three clans walked right into the trap, and we're fighting it out now. This could be the end of the game if we play this right. I'll explain later. Just keep running. Once the battle is over, we're going to pick off whoever is still standing, then capture them all. If we're lucky enough, I could get 40 of them. All right, I got it. How the hell do I work this thing? I'll explain in a second. Just go to the rock nest over there. We need to be hidden. I'm, I'm sure you know still how to aim, right? The rifle seemed rather light and looked pretty similar to an, an oddly disfigured Barrett 50 cal. I couldn't find a trigger on it, but it had a holographic-like scope nearing the rocks I saw Trisha. She leaped over as I did. Resting my back against a boulder, I mimicked Trisha's actions and set up the rifle between two rocks getting in a shooting position. All right, Mike, think of the rifle as an extension of your body. There is no trigger. It shoots on thought. The moment before you would shoot a human rifle, you commit a thought, pulling the trigger. This is the same concept, except without the trigger, making shooting much faster. Once you commit to a thought shooting, the rifle will shoot. It's completely silenced and there's no muzzle flash, nothing. Now stay focused and wait until the fight is over. Whatever you say, Trisha. Also, who am I shooting at? Anyone. All of my allies have been compromised. It's just me and you now. Nervousness started to kick in as it had been a while since I had placed in any situation so stressful. I started to breathe deeply, trying to relax myself, watching the fighting coming to an end. This rifle was something I could only dream about. It automatically moved based on the current target's direction. It calculated the exact area to aim based on distance and wind speed and how many shots remained, which was all in the scope and a very informative display. Looking around the area, I saw dozens of women unconscious on the ground but couldn't see anyone else standing. Get ready, Mike. If you see a Chinese woman suddenly appear out of nowhere or wearing a latex catsuit, take her down. She has the upgraded suit. We can't contest her in CQC. She's the priority one. Quick. Look to your right. I count off four. And six Chinese clan members. I don't see the suit, though. She must be invisible. The only way they can see us if the suit wearer comes within the 800-meter range. We should be 20 or 20 or so meters out. Affirmative. We're using back-to-the-front shot plan, aren't we? You know it. Now, let's hope they're positioned themselves somewhere well enough for us to see. Patiently waiting, the women and an AI look around their surroundings on the open battlefield. They quickly began spreading out, starting to bind the unconscious women one by one. There was still no sign of the Chinese bitch, though. She must have been hiding somewhere doing something stealth scouting or something. All right, let's start to take them down before we miss our chance. The two at the far back can only see each other. I'll take the one on the left on three. Remember, once you commit to a thought to shoot, the rifle will shoot. Waiting for her mark, I aimed for the target's stomach as the rifle automatically adjusted for the perfect shot. Taking a deep breath, I cleared my mind, focusing on the shot. One, two, three. Instantly, the rifle shot perfectly, hitting the target to the stomach. 
as I watched her and Trisha's target drop to the ground, unconscious. Seeing another woman, slowly starting to turn around without hesitation, I shot again, hitting her right on the left cheek, putting her down. Good reaction time, three down. I only have 11 shots now. How many do you have? 10, he replied. Make them count. There could be more coming. All right, let's take down the four AIs. Those weapons are a huge threat. On three, we're going to take down four shots. You take the one on the front, I'll take the ones at the back. And the first three unarmed at the door will run right into the traps I set by the only cover they have. Are you ready? One, two, three. Again, the rifle fired without delay as I switched targets from the first AI to the second, watching them vanish in midair. Just like Trisha said, the only three started to run for the nearest rocks right into the traps. One of them fell into the hole I imagined was the same trap I must have fell into, while the other two stepped on a gas mine, which formed a large cloud of white smoke, only resulting in them dropping unconscious. Looks like we still got it, Mike. Now, let's get out. Hurry. What's that? Trisha, no, I yelled. A smoke canister suddenly exploded in the rock nest as I jolted my head over to see Trisha's body go through what looked like a seizure. Seeing a figure stand above her in the peripheral vision, I saw the suit and knew she was getting electrocuted by a taser. I hastily jumped out of the rock nest to evade the smoke before it knocked me out. With the rifle, I hit the ground running as I began sprinting as fast as I could down the path we ran. Turning my head back, I recognized it was the Chinese bitch chasing me once again. I saw her aim right there, right before me, knowing she was about to put me down as well. Timing her shot, I did a jump forward, diving hands fist in the ground, while the shot went above me, completely missing. Turning on my back, I quickly aimed the rifle at her to only have it immediately kicked out of my hands. She pinned her right foot on my neck, forced me to grab her ankle with both hands. You fucking bitch, I struggled. I tried to flip her over, but the suit gave her too much strength. I couldn't match. She then aimed her wrist at me once again. How she managed to do this so quickly was beyond me, even with the suit. Using all my strength, I managed to break her hold, throwing her beside me on the ground. Before getting on top of her, I noticed a dart in her right thigh. Who shot her? It couldn't have been Trisha. She was knocked out there. It suddenly clicked. If someone else picked her out, the battle wasn't over. Grabbing the rifle again, I remained prone to afraid to stand up as to whatever or whoever shot her, and I probably didn't know if I was conscious or not. I had the element of surprise right now. While staying down, I listened for any anything in the distance. I got her. She's down. You two quit. Start capturing them. I'll go retrieve the suit. Whoever did this was coming up here. But she wouldn't expect what I had in store for her. Not having an idea which direction she was coming from put me at a disadvantage if I stood up and tried to shoot her. Seeing a canister and a bandana on the belt of the suit, I discreetly grabbed both. There was only one button on the can, which I assumed was to trigger it. I didn't know how long it would take upon release or if it would release after a set amount of time. I heard footsteps approaching rapidly as I started to hold down the button of the canister in my right hand while I held the bandana in my left. I pretend to be already unconscious and slowly opened my eyes to see a woman next to me trying to take the suit off the Chinese bitch. 
Let's see if you anticipated this, I thought excited, as a fluent motion released the button, put the bandana over my face, and shouldered the woman to the ground while I ran out of the gas cloud, picking up my rifle in the process. At the bottom of the cliff, I saw her two friends starting to rush up towards me. They probably didn't know I was holding a rifle as I relentlessly aimed and shot them down in their tracks. Jerking my head and body around, I looked for any other threats to find as I was the last one standing. I did it. Well, that turned out well, I, I guess. Oh, right, Trisha, I mumbled. I didn't want to start binding anyone as I knew I would have disqualified or done something to Trisha, and I wouldn't be able to claim them as captured. Instead, I first stripped that Chinese whore of the suit. I ran it over to Trisha, and after defining the taser embedded in the suit's right wrist cuff, I shot her with it and administered quite a rude awakening. Trisha, wake up. It's over. We made it. Oh, fuck, that stings. What the hell happened, Mike? You got knocked out, but you have to start claiming them before they wake up. Put this suit on. I stripped her of it. Tie the two up over there by the rock, and I'll start putting everyone below the cliff in a pile for you. I have no idea who is your ally, but I'll just shoot whoever wakes up. Then you can shoot them later. All right, hurry, before we get company again. A little after an hour, Trisha and I managed to pile up all the captives while she shorted six allies and tied up the rest. Little did I know how experienced Trisha was with tying people up. She demanded that every limb or movable part of the body was tied thoroughly. All bindings were to be connected to each other one way or another. The ankles were to be tied to the wrist, and the neck was to be tied to the wrist as well. This ensured any movement would slightly choke the bound captive, deterring any attempts of escape. When the mass tying was finished, she managed to get 47 captures out of it, putting her at 62 capture streak. The second suit she got, she gave to one of her fellow dominatrix friends named Madison, who also was unfortunate enough to be a part of the game. One glance was enough to make someone fall for her. The short black, as night hair, brown eyes, well-defined winged eyebrows, thin lips, small body, round ass, and breasts had me immediately. How she got this far from being only five foot three while some other dominatrix towered over her was well worth a thought. As Trisha got the ten AIs as a streak, we all transported the captured dominatrix to the cave where they kept me previously. Once all were securely bound, gagged, and blindfolded, we closed off the rock door to the secret cave, ensuring no one would be able to tell if it was a door in the place. Since I couldn't tie any of them up to allow Trisha to get the highest capture streak possible, I allocated my time in retrieving all the supplies. When all was done, the seven of us became a force to be reckoned with. Grouping up, Trisha ordered the AIs to secure the area as the rest of us talked on the cliff. How many are left, Trisha? Well, there should be about 13 remaining, meaning six are left running around. All we have to do is get them and see what happens from there. Finding them, though, won't be easy. It's finding a needle in a haystack. If you claim 42 that have already been captured, we can find the rest, said Madison. One of the clans had 35. The other had 77. 
and the other had 77 before this, but I don't know the numbers fluctuating since then. For all we know, someone could have claimed them already or released them. Listen, I have an idea. Open up the door and go find the Chinese dominatrix clan leader and tie her up so she's dangling over the cliff. We're going to force her to show us where she's hiding her captives. Mike, follow me. We need to talk. Following Trisha down the cliff, we gained a significant distance from the others before starting. I knew something was wrong. As I've seen this look on her face previously, she wanted to tell me something serious and seemed quite nervous about it. Mike, first off, thanks for saving me back there. And second, I'm so glad to see you, but at the same time, I'm not because I dragged you into this mess. Also, let's just get on the same page here. I'm a pure dominant, and I know you are as well. I know you have a slave dungeon, and I'm guessing you knew the same about me. But let's leave that side and focus on the situation. You didn't drag me into anything, Trisha. I knew that Victoria girl was bad news the second I saw her. The first day in the last two years, you didn't show up for work. It was a huge red flag for me. Something was wrong, for sure. She looked too good to be true, which is why I wanted her as a slave. And I know you did as well. The problem was, you know, she was into you. Throwing herself at me submissively, it didn't make sense, so I watched her. That night, when I stalked her down to the house, I waited for her to leave before breaking in. I didn't expect for a second to see you unconscious and getting tied up, about to be placed into an alien-looking-like barrel. It threw me off guard, letting Victoria, that bitch, capture me in the process. You didn't drag me into this. I brought myself into this. If I wasn't so foolish to take her home that night and underestimate her strength, this would have never happened. My stupid mistake got you into this inadvertently. Drop it, Trisha. Let's focus on the now. What the hell is going to happen here? Once ten players remain, what's going to happen to me is what I'm pretty nervous about. I have no idea. All I've been thinking about is how the hell we got here and what this place is. I have as well, but logic and pondering with who or what did this and why it's not getting us anywhere. We're in this and we don't have much of a choice right now, so we can't waste any time. I understand you're right, Mike. All I know is the top 10 are rewarded while the others get their announced fate, and I have no idea what that reward is. Nothing was said about you. I have no clue. One thing I know is, we're not trained for this. I didn't feel good at all about tying up the others for the sake of entertainment for some sick person, and I've seen some horrific shit. Here, <laughs> still gives me chills thinking about it. I've seen some messed up shit, Trisha, but it's not like we had a choice. It was either them or us. How the heck were we were supposed to reason with these women? All of a sudden, they were thrown in this horrid planet and told if they didn't make it to the top 10, they would be subjected to, well, you know, we can't reason with them. Their survival instincts mixed with their dominant nature has already taken them over. The play of the game is instructed and there's nothing we can do about it. You realize that we get three more of those women who will be sent to their associated fates, right? And I have no idea what's going to happen to you. I know, Trisha, I know. What choice do we have? 
I didn't find anyone. I, I didn't know wanted to walk up to me and ask for a truce. They all charged at me like some sort of animal. When I caught them, they tied me up or, or I tied them up and they treated me like I wasn't even human. If I were still captured, Trisha, we'd be fucked right now. We're standing and that's all that matters. I have no idea how we're getting back or if we can't see them or if we can't save them. They can't see us. I don't know. But I do know for a fact we have no power. This game is going to end soon. And one way or another, let's just stick with the plan. Let's get you the 100 capture streaks and pray. Pray that we get out of here. Now, what was that horrific thing you were wanting to talk about? A spider, Mike. A giant spider. You're kidding, right? Does it look like I'm kidding? This thing is massive. But I know it was built by somebody. It's completely made out of metal. And it's controlled by some sort of AI. It only comes out like three moons. And it goes on hunting. And it goes on this crazy spree. My theory is... It's here to stop the game from being impeded. All that matters is every time it comes out, it wants four times the targets captured the last time it started hunting. Well, I haven't really been keeping track of time or moon, Trisha. How many does it need on its next hunt? 64? Listen, I know this is a thing. It won't be satisfied until it meets its quota. That's how we're going to get the answers out of the Chinese clan's leader. Once the spider finds her as a target, we'll give her false hope we can stop it. If she tells us what we want to hear, we run while the spider takes her and the rest of the captives in the cave while we make our escape. I know it's immoral, but we have no choice. I know, Trisha, it's our only option. But what about the 17 and the other, the other 60-something? Then we don't have them. I know where the monster's cave is, and it's one of the clan's secret hideouts. I didn't want to go there. We would have been moving towards the spider, you know. This clan, though, they must have captured at least 70 or something, which the spider will take, and then what will remain for us? Once it gets a quota, we'll have to end the game, and then we're screwed on the next hunt. Anyway, let's go set up by the cliff and wait for the third moon. It should be up shortly. Chapter 7, Arachnophobia Redefined When the third moon came up and we patiently stood guard awaiting the monster, Trisha and I didn't say a word. Most of our group hid behind rocks near the cliff to stay out of sight, which Trisha and I were very close to, our bait. I guess I couldn't blame her for desperately struggling and moaning in her bonds. She went from a powerhouse to a fly. In the distance, a series of rapid, loud thumping sounds started. Each step this thing took make a shockwave in the ground so powerful it could knock over anyone who wasn't prepared for it. Firmly, I grabbed the pole our bait was dangling onto to support myself, as did Trisha. Well, looks like you weren't lying, Trisha, I said. Focusing ahead, trees were being knocked down like toothpicks as the giant spider emerged at close sight. Trisha wasn't kidding. This spider was larger than a small office building and at least 40 feet tall. 
One look made it clear it was built from metal. It was pretty much a giant tank in the shape of a funnel spider. Thankfully, I wasn't scared of spiders, as this thing made the plants in no man's land look like a joke. Shuddering in fear, I watched speechlessly as it turned its head towards us. A large coned beam of red light scanned the entire area before it started to slowly walk towards the cliff. While scanning, the spider constantly discharged a shockingly loud static noise, forcing us to cover our eyes. Turning to the Chinese woman, she seemed anything but dauntless now. Sweating profusely and breathing heavily with a pale face gave me a hunch she was afraid of spiders or scared for her life. I'm going to ungag you, and when I do, you're going to open up the map on your bracelet and give the home route command. You only have one chance, or we won't be able to save you. With that being said, Trisha ripped her gag off, getting extremely edgy at the beast as it came closer. I knew there was no way we were going to be able to get away in time. When I looked back at the others, I noticed they all took off. Bracelet, show home route. All right, now get me out. Seeing the map come up, I noted where the hideout was before the spider shot this long strand of what appeared to be latex from its mouth at the women's chest. In one fluent motion, the strand retracted the spider's mouth forcibly, ripping the rope, restraining her to the pole. Sorry, I have to do this, Mike. Lead the others. I'll be fine. Show Madison where the hideout is. And don't waste time. I'll try to find you. Wait, what? Trisha, don't! Without giving me a chance to finish a sentence, Trisha forced my wrists in front of me and knotted a strand of rope, tying my wrist tightly in place. The split second, the knot was secured. She kicked my chest as hard as she could with her right foot, knocking me back flat on my ass. By the time I could start yelling, the spider already shot another strand of latex like web at Trisha, taking her into its mouth. My eyes shot open in horror after seeing her save me in such a heroic way. Trisha, why would you? I said as the spider started to climb up the cliff. I closed my eyes in terror as I waited for my fate. Shivering in fear for a few seconds, I then slowly opened my eyes slightly only to see the monster completely ignored me and head for the cave with the captives. Not thinking twice, I got up and started to make a run for it until I saw Madison signaling me around a rock to follow her. Wanting to know what the hell just happened, I, I ran towards her. Listen, all you have to know is Trisha will be fine. Once a spider wraps her in whatever latex substance it uses, a drone will retrieve her. You cannot remove your wrist bond. The only way we will know she got out safe is when the drone comes to retrieve you. Don't let anyone touch you either. You have to stay like this in order for the perk to still be in her possession. The spider never touched you because you're a perk, not a player. You have no impact. All that matters now is we continue with the mission. Now show me where the skank is hiding the captives. Still shocked, I did my nod. A few times at her, I was somewhat disappointed in myself for not putting two or two together when Trisha tied my wrists. This rolled my eyes in my ignorance. Everything clicked when Madison explained the spider never touched me because I'm not a player. 
and Trisha did what she did to get the answers out of her at the very last second. She knew getting captured was inevitable, hence why she wanted me by her side, to place a bind on me so she would get a second chance. I shook it off with the relief that Trisha would be okay, then followed up with Madison. I showed her on the map where the captives were being held as we regrouped with the others and started to head in that direction. Not even getting 20 minutes into the trip, we were abruptly interrupted by our bracelets when they all started to glow red. Three-dimensional numbers appeared in the midair before, while the female voice from the start of the game began to speak again. Hello again. I hope you've been enjoying your time here, as it had been quite entertaining to watch you all. But enough with the small talk. I just wanted to provide from... Some final information before we get to the top ten. First, I've decided to give you all the privilege to see the location of your fellow opponents. Second, all captured captives are currently being retrieved by Goliath, thus are removed from the game. Lastly, there are currently 11 players remaining. That is all. I couldn't believe what I had just heard. The good news was we didn't even have to travel to the hideout. But the bad news was, the game was one capture away from being over. Turning my head to Madison, I saw her analyzing the map. What's the plan now, Madison? Where are we going to go? Look, here we are, and that's where they are. It looks like they formed a pack and headed straight for us. Let's get a move on. We can't imagine or even engage until then, until we can get Trisha again. If they manage to get any of us, it's over. We're done. We can't wait on this drone to save her. It's now or never. How do you know where this thing is? And what if one of those gets captured in the process? I replied, Trisha. She and I studied that thing. We know where it hides. It's prey. I can even see the monster on the map. It looks like it just left its cage and it's headed to retrieve the other captives as instructed. Fuck, if a drone doesn't come for us for that, it means it didn't wrap its prey, meaning Trisha is still in the cave somewhere. She hasn't been captured, but she isn't considered playing the game. we got to move now. We don't have much time. Let's go, Madison ordered. I didn't even question her logic. There wasn't even any other choice at this point. This is what we needed to do, and we had to do it fast. It wasn't like I had many others to trust anyway. Mainly everyone else I saw. They saw me as prey. Running with the others, we took precautions not to trigger any traps while we ventured through the wicked jungle. Going uphill was tedious, being bound because it was all rock climbing. I managed to convince Madison to cut the rope off my wrists. Otherwise, I'd just be dead weight holding everyone back. Further up, we started to see the giant spider webs, realizing they were in fact made out of latex. As if this place wasn't already strange enough, the person who built this thing actually made it very sticky as it's webbing. The environment quickly got much worse. Trees were destroyed and scattered everywhere. There were giant holes along the path. Latex puddles were common, and the terrain getting dangerous due to the rocks being very slippery. I think we're getting close for everyone. Keep moving, I... Madison frequently checked the status of the group stalking us only to figure out they had managed to catch up. Fortunately, the mountain we just climbed would slow them down dramatically. 
What particularly bothered me was the fact that how eager they were to fight us. It's like we weren't even a threat to them. If anything, we should have been stalking them. Then it hit me. What if they managed to find the hideout and claim those 77 captives for themselves? Madison's response was to move faster after bringing that thought to her attention. And this concludes this episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeons Bedtime Stories. Until then, have a fabulous weekend.